Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Owned early and ad-free. Find Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Smart. Less. It's the summer of 1986, and 10,000 AC Milan fans have gathered in Arena Civica to watch the unveiling of their new squad. They have no idea what to expect. And as a storm brews above, the crowd's getting restless. They haven't been just waiting around all morning for their team. They've been waiting around for years for AC Milan's fortunes to turn around. Once a titan in the soccer world, the Rossoneri have spent the last few seasons milling around in lower-level divisions, even teetering on the brink of bankruptcy at one point. And the fans are hoping that the team's arrival today won't just mark the beginning of a new season, but a whole new chapter. A new capitolo, if you will, courtesy of AC Milan's flashy new owner, Silvio Berlusconi. Silvio Berlusconi is the godfather of Italian TV. He made his fortunes bringing American-style media and gluttonous consumerism to a country who could only watch government-approved church TV when everyone else was watching the Brady Bunch. He's as Italian as they get, a man who bleeds green, white, and red, and holds two things above all else, parties and women. Sometimes all at once, via ostentatious drug-fueled sex parties. In fact, he'll later become so notorious for these sex parties that they'll earn their own nickname in the Italian press. They called them Bunga Bunga Parties. Berlusconi's parties and his insatiable appetite for women of various questionable ages will cause legal problems later when he, get this, becomes Prime Minister of Italy. But for now, he can focus all his attention on his brand new soccer club and pumping as much of that green gabagool into the team as possible. But back at Arena Civica, there's no sign of the team or their new owner anywhere. What the AC Milan fans don't know is that thousands of feet up in the air, Berlusconi, the Hollywood aficionado, has cast himself in his very own blockbuster. Not just one, but three helicopters are barreling toward the stadium, holding Berlusconi and the players of AC Milan. And what's a movie without a good score? As they approach Arena Civica, Berlusconi has the staff blast Wagner through the stadium's PA system. It's a scene straight out of Apocalypse Now. But I mean, literally. It's the exact scene from Apocalypse Now. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. And just like the soldiers in the movie, the squad is packed into the choppers like sardines, following their fearless leader into battle. Berlusconi wants to make it clear, this is a new beginning. He's throwing out the script and writing his own, or, you know, stealing Francis Ford Coppola's. But either way, this is war. When they land, team captain Franco Baresi, a ferocious and unforgiving defender, and a legend in the sport, emerges with his team. The last man out is the one who's conducting this symphony, Silvio Berlusconi. The crowd does not erupt into a frenzy of screaming and applause. They basically chuckle. Everyone's laughing at him. Even for a country that has an estimated 350 pasta shapes, this was a bit much. 
The players, who only learned what they were in for minutes before they boarded the helicopters, are blushing a shade of red that matches their jerseys. They later even admit to the embarrassment. But Berlusconi didn't care. For a man obsessed with image, this grand, cinematic entrance was the only way. No matter how ridiculously grandiose it seemed, subtlety was just not his thing. I mean, even the stadium they landed in was part of the performance. Arena Civica, an homage to the chariot racing stadiums of ancient Rome, was built by Berlusconi's idol, Napoleon Bonaparte, back in 1807. And when I say idol, I mean idol. Old Silvio at one point even bought the guy's bed, which was probably a good fit. They were only an inch or two different in height, depending on who you ask. You can tell Berlusconi was channeling the role of French emperor from his helicopter that day. But would AC Milan's new owner be able to conquer Italian soccer like the military commanders of the past? Or was this all just show, a theatrical production that would fall apart after the curtain dropped? And who was taller, Napoleon or Berlusconi? The answers to all these questions and more, coming up on Owned. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got rocket money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to OWN. I'm Rex Chapman. I am Nicole Boyce, writer, producer, and I have a bad Italian accent that you are going to hear today. I can't wait. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> um, today we are talking about, I would say, maybe one of the most bizarre characters, truly a character, capital C, if I have ever researched one for this podcast, this is it. I hate this comparison, but it makes sense. He is honestly Italian Donald Trump, okay? Oh. Like, it seems lazy, but it's honestly very, it, it's uncanny, Okay. Silvio Berlusconi is who we're talking about today. Heard of him. Heard of him. I'm sure you have. Yeah. He's got a lot that you might know him mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. 
He was born in 1936, same year as Will Chamberlain, but he was born in Milan. I don't know why I looked up the Will Chamberlain thing. I just, you know, <laughs> 1936 is such a long time ago. I was like, what's right. going on? Who like else that? was born in that year? Exactly. Uh, born into a middle class family. And uh, he starts in real estate, as uh, most uh, guys on this show do. <laughs> His claim to fame is something that translates to basically Milan too. So he's born in Milan. He creates this whole development. Milan 2. Okay. Great name. Yep. I can't wait to pitch you New York 2 uh, <laughs> later today, Rex. Um, and that's how he makes most of his money and then uses that to fund a media empire in uh-huh. Italy, Italy's first commercial TV empire and uh, like their first private TV channel ever. Wow. Um, so he like changes the game for mm. Italian media. And even though... He's like the first one. The rules are still really strict. And so they're not allowed to do like national broadcasts at all. But basically what Berlusconi does, which is pretty smart, is he broadcasts the same thing on a bunch of local stations, but staggers the broadcast seconds apart. So it's technically not a national broadcast. It's Ah. it's pretty 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 smart idea. Pretty (laughs) sneaky. Yes. Two things that I will just say is that he... Has a lot of friends in high places. That also kind of helps with this. And the second thing is that how he funded this media company is one of the first of many confusing things that no one knows and no one can figure out. He uses like an intricate series of shell companies and mm. people look into it. There's a mysterious bank transfer and no one knows where what's going on or where the money comes from. But he wow. basically funds this crazy media company. And he does pretty well. He uses this money to buy a soccer team. Or as, as they call it, Calcio. Yes. Okay. AC Milan. Nice. Associazione Calcio Milan. He bought AC Milan in 1986, saves them from bankruptcy uh, because they're still reeling from this uh, this match-fixing scandal that happens mm. in 1986, which is very funny. This restaurant owner, where all the players go to right. his restaurant, um, he basically starts paying them to, you know, fix games and make money. And that's like the lowest form of, of cheating. I mean, it's just, it's just gross. I know. All right. And it's probably, I mean, the Yelp reviews must be really bad on that restaurant as well. (laughs) This knocks the team out of its high ranking and they go into like maybe bankruptcy almost at a time. They're struggling. Mm -hmm. They need money. uh, And they used to be a titan. So when Berlusconi comes in, he pumps a lot of money into the team. Mm. And they do really well, I will say. They return to their glory days. 29 trophies with the team. Eight Serie Serie A titles and five (laughs) European Cups. He claims he was a big fan since he was a child, so points there. And he's like the first big showman in Italian soccer. And while all the other teams are kind of ran by uh, mama y pape shops. Mm, okay. uh, yep. A very hands-on owner as well. A lot of coaching changes, which I know is controversial for you, but it does yeah. pay off, Like, which is okay. interesting. I don't... Okay, I guess. He sells the team. He sells the team in 2017. Uh, but right after that, he buys another team, AC Monza, in 2018. They had similar successes. They go up in uh, divisions as well. And they're st- he died in 2023. 
but they're still owned by his one of his many holding companies. His estate. Exactly. Yes. What you may know him, his main thing that he's known for, though, is being the prime minister of Italy. That's I, crazy. He created his own political party. I think it mostly leans to the right, but it's kind of just based on his personality. Like, it's just all yeah, it is Trump-like. based around him. Yes. His whole platform is like, Italy's all these old guys, and he's bringing the new shiny Italy to all these people. But he serves as prime minister, not consecutively, but like three different times, 94 to 95, 2001, 2006, 2008, 2011, which the only way I know how to explain this in my head is that it's like Housewives of New York where like Countess Luann and Bethany Frankel constantly leave and then come back and it's like, you know, stuff happens and they leave. Right, right. It's very, it's very similar. Um, And he's in and out of prime minister a lot of this time because of controversies, which Mm. brings me to something that I am very excited to talk about because I'm a big Wikipedia head. I'm on Wikipedia all the time. Uh-huh. Favorite website. Okay. Silvio Berlusconi's controversy section. I was like, this is maybe one of the longest controversy sections I've ever seen in my life. I started doing a little digging around. I look at other controversial figures. Mm-hmm. Charlie Seen, you know, no, no, no one compared. Silvio's was bigger. So I, I wow. looked it up and he actually holds the record for the biggest controversy section on Wikipedia. Like, it's him. It's legitimately him. Wow. Uh, according to this Twitter account, Depths of Wikipedia, which is wow. one of my favorite accounts, by word count, he beats out all the other for controversy. Uh, Silver wild. goes to Amazon, the company, and then third to the president of Venezuela. So those are the three those wow. at the time were the most controversial. Yeah. That's crazy. So I'm just going to breeze through some of them really fast. Yeah. Okay. But there's a lot, but okay. you know, I really I just want to paint a picture of who this guy is. Uh, we got one, economic conflicts of interest. Uh, mm. So he enters politics basically to save his companies, allegedly, uh, from bankruptcy <laughs> and to protect himself from being convicted. So he, like, mm. changes a lot of, tries to change a lot of, like, the law, stuff like that. <laughs> media control and conflict of interest. As I said, he owns a lot of the Italian media. He sues people who should talk him uh, when they're not allowed to. <laughs> uh, he has... A particularly long feud with uh, third controversy, The Economist, which, and this is very Trump-like, he refers to The Economist as the a communist, oh, like God. communist. Nah, kind of, this is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, legislative changes, he like delays trials. Also, I'll just say that he appoints like from afar, which just seems like he just fills his cabinet members with like hot women that he likes. <laughs> Accusations of link to the mafia, pretty self-explanatory. Remarks on Western civilization and Islam. I'm not going to touch that one. Right to die case, anti-immigration, jokes, gestures, and blunders. This is another one that I would say is pretty Trump-like. Makes a lot of jokes, you know, comparing a guy to a Nazi. Yeah, no. He said people should invest in Italy because they have, quote, the most beautiful secretaries in the (laughs) world. (laughs) After being criticized of juvenile prostitution, which we'll get to, he basically says, well, at least I'm not gay. Oh, no. Yeah, my my favorite of his gaffes, favorite is a weird way to phrase it, but the one that uh, is craziest to me, Uh he's like giving this speech to North African refugees. And he's talking and he's like... Mm -hmm. He's getting, you know, allegations of people saying he's like sexist or whatever. He says, do you hear the latest poll? They have asked women between 20 and 30 years old if they want to make love to Berlusconi. 33% said yes. 67% said again. (laughs) 
which is, as far as jokes, is like not that, but this guy sucks. Um, you know, he tells his soccer players that like if they like win this one game, that he'll bring them like a busload of prostitutes. Like this guy wow. is like maybe like as one of yeah. the most like womanizing guys right. ever. As you may have guessed, this leads to a divorce uh, from no his way. wife. What? She she claims. I thought they were Italian. She does not like that he allegedly spends a lot of time with minors. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Uh, also, Panama Papers, he's mentioning those, of course. Yeah, uh, of course he is. Me no like this guy. Uh, like I said, quite a character, comparing himself to Napoleon and uh, <laughs> also then to Jesus after that. <laughs> Except he said he was like Napoleon, but he was taller. But I looked it up, Napoleon, apparently 5'6". Berlusconi, uh, one profile I read, though, New Yorker, said that he couldn't be more than 5'4". So we're just going to go with that, that he was shorter. Wore a lot of self-tanner and also got an infamous hair transplant that made headlines. Yeah. Yeah, That's all I got on Berlusconi. That's all I got. (laughs) That's it. it? (laughs) Is that all? Is that all there is? I'm like sweating. I feel like my keyboard's on fire. (laughs) We're going to get into more Berlusconi, uh, particularly his ownership of AC Milan with two very funny comedians, Alexis Guerrero and Christian Polanco, uh, who run the podcast The Cooligans, all about soccer. So uh, they'll uh, teach us a little bit more about uh, Calcio. Let's do it. Time for a break. We'll be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We're joined by comedians Alexis Guerrero and Christian Polanco of the Cooligans podcast. Alexis, Christian, how are you guys today? Thanks for doing this. Very good. Honored. Yeah, this is a massive honor. This is a, also Why? strange. I don't Why know. would this Why? be an honor? Because you're, you're kind of a yeah. big deal, dude. <laughs> One of the best, uh, you know, Twitter accounts yeah. that, you oh, know, God. been following for a long time. When we tell people we're on the Rex Chapman podcast, they go, oh, that's dope. When you tell people the Cooligans are on, they're going to go, who? <laughs> and that's why it's an honor. And I, I just... I just want to say this, and I don't know if this makes a show or not, but weirdly, you know, I think a lot of people have uh, Rex Chapman stories, like our Rex Chapman retweeted me story, uh-huh. and it changed my whole experience on the internet, right? Because I'm a comedian and make jokes, and this was in the vice presidential debate between uh, Kamala oh, Harris, the fly? the fly thing with yes. uh, with Mike Pence. You saw one of my tweets. One of my tweets was the fly landed in his hair. The fly perfect. In his hair, and I said, mm-hmm. uh, "It's this is the first time uh, Mike Pence has ever had a black friend." Yeah, ever, right. <laughs> it was a very <laughs> stupid joke. Very That's silly. a good tweet. That's a good tweet. <laughs> Threw it up. Good tweet. And I wasn't look. And I made the tweet. Right. I put it out, and yeah. I didn't expect that I would be the only person to make that joke. It's it's whatever. It's Twitter. You make the joke, and you move on with your life. Rex Chapman sees my tweet. He's like, yo, he's laughing like he's laughing yeah. right now. He says, yo, let me ruin this dude's <laughs> phone battery real quick. And I hit the retweet button. I'm like, yo, Rex just hit my retweet. Oh, so oh my God. The the amount of think pieces on this tweet after you hit retweet on that was just like, I'm like, bro, 
I mean, Rex is cool and all, but why we got beef? Right I know, now? Rex, <laughs> text me, bro. <laughs> Let me know before you hit the retweet button. Because people lost their minds. So and it was it was silly because um, Col- Stephen Colbert made the same exact joke that night as well. Okay. And uh, so it is what it is. That's and, great. Uh, so it was like nice to be in in good company of like, oh, you're mad at Colbert and me? Okay, cool. <laughs> That's a good list. That's I, I'm cool to be on that list. Right, so, Rex, right. I just, I'm glad I can finally tell you. Man. Thank you, Slash. I hate you for doing that to me. <laughs> all it was good. Quite remarkable. Slash, do it to us. Do all, it to us again. <laughs> all good. So I, that's so crazy. But thank you for having us on. This is, yeah, a, this is an, a, an awesome honor, way to, to, to connect with you. We're amazing. happy to have you. We're excited to talk calcio with uh, both of you. Can you give us some lingo or some ground rules for soccer to kick this off? The ethos of our show in general is like, look, there aren't many comedians that are involved in the soccer space uh, like we are. And they just, for whatever reason, even when we started our podcast, people were like, you're going to you're going to talk about soccer when you're going to have six people listening. And it's like, my wife was like, yeah. dude, you're a standard comedian. You get paid in drink tickets. Now you're going to start a soccer yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. She's like, what are you going to do next? Open a blockbuster. Like, <laughs> would you ever want to make money? You know? <laughs> that, that's essentially, um, you, we try to, uh, you know, add some levity to the game. And, and when you, mm-hmm. the longer we've done this, yeah, there's a lot of people loud on the internet that it's like, it's called football, not soccer and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Of and it's just, we just are, are just trying to enjoy uh, the game as much as possible. But yeah, the, the Italians call it calcio. Uh, Spanish speaking people call it football. If you're older, you call it balompié, which literally is a little translation of football. So uh, yeah, it's it's all very uh, moot and silly to, to get into these debates, but people have no, nothing better to do. Why soccer? Why not basketball, football, baseball? Why soccer and did you grow up playing it are you just avid fans what's going on you know what's funny i grew up in a city called newark newark new jersey i don't okay. know if you've ever purchased heroin before <laughs> better heroin <laughs> <laughs> of a joke that no, is. Listen, <laughs> listen, I grew up there. I can make that joke. Um, <laughs> in context with Rex, that's yeah. why. Anyway. Uh, bro, but thank you, I get it, but I figure we're comics, right? We're having a good time here. Uh, <laughs> we're a good time. I thought we were having a good time here. <laughs> Okay, so it's a rough city. Yeah. I grew up, I really wasn't allowed to do outside stuff, but a lot of the friends that I, would, I was like allowed to hang out with, especially like in their homes and stuff, a lot of they were Puerto, uh, uh, Portuguese, a lot of Puerto Ricans as well, but a lot of Portuguese, uh, Jamaicans, Trinidadians, and they were a lot of them were watching soccer, so I kind of got exposed okay. to it. But the real thing was like the video games, the FIFA video uh, game, like blew it all up. Yeah. Yeah. And same here. I got into the sport through uh, the FIFA video game. I mean, I got it right. We were literally right here. Then I had a, a, another connection to it because my brother plays handball professionally, like street oh, handball, yeah. not like Olympic Hell handball. Yeah. So yeah. he he used mm. to travel all, all over the world and he knew I liked soccer. So he would pick me up a kit whenever he go, he'd go to a different wow. city, different country. So like you go to Ireland, Italy, travel all over and I would have kids from that's sweet I, I, I because I played with these players on FIFA. One of the interesting ones was. Uh, he got me an AC Milan kit. So obviously, we're going to be talking about AC Milan quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. But he got me an AC Milan kit, and I loved it. It's like from early 2000s. And I got married last year, and uh, my wife and I, on our honeymoon, we went to Italy. 
and we went to Milan. So I'm like, like, I should bring this kid. I got to bring the kid. That's not going to cause any issues with everyone who isn't an AC Milan fan. (laughs) (laughs) The Italians are reasonable people. (laughs) So so I, uh, I'm wearing uh, the the kit uh, throughout Milan, and I'm enjoying myself, getting some compliments here and there. But that um, morning, so you understand the context. There's two teams in Milan. It's a big derby. They play in the same stadium. It's Inter and or uh, AC Milan, which everyone just calls Milan. Okay. But it's fine. It's like an amicable rivalry. Okay. Once yeah. you leave the city of Milan, the word mm-hmm. amicable suddenly <laughs> slides out. It is. Because, it's, uh, it's wild. So I'm wearing the AC Milan kit. And we're that morning, we're uh, taking the train down to Napoli. I'm wearing it. I'm like, all right, I, I look sharp and I'm just getting on the train and yeah. I don't even really think about it. It's pretty early. <laughs> I'm kind of tired. Um, not even really worried about it. We get to uh, Napoli in like uh, like three hours or something. And as soon as the train stops, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I should be wearing this. I mean, I don't know how serious they take it out here. So I, I step off the train. The police Nothing are just really waiting happens. for you. Train station. They have the smoke. <laughs> as soon as I get out of the train station, I feel like everyone in Naples is looking at me. Oh, and Whoa. I get on the line to get a cab. And then as soon as all the cab drivers see me, they go, no. No way. No. And they just they were like, no, we're not we're not taking you anywhere. And then it. I'm realizing all the cab drivers <laughs> in Napoli are the Napoli like ultras. These are the guys that the most diehard, dedicated Holy supporters shit. all have tattoos on their legs. They have <laughs> wow. Napoli like uh, crest. Their cabs are adorned in the Napoli team. Maradona. <laughs> uh, Diego Armando Maradona, who's they after he passed away recently, yeah. they named the stadium uh, after him. They, He's the first. Napoli is the first team in Southern Italy to win. So if you know how the history of Italy, Northern Italy is industrious. They're the ones with all the money. Southern Italy, they view as like less than in the right. North. He, he purposely went to Napoli to win a, a trophy with them. And this man is walking around in one of the more heated. <laughs> just, I'm just gallivanting. Yeah. Through, <laughs> just strolling through in a, they, uh, you know, a representation of the hated North. Yeah. And it wasn't even, oh. uh, they were like, just, they were mad, but it was like a, like not a, not even disappointment. Like it was a like confused mad. Sounds a like, like, yeah, of, of like you, you do this in my home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like, like I imagine like you go to meet your, your girl's parents for the first time and you yeah. kick your feet up on their coffee table. That's what he's done. Okay. okay Literally okay. nobody wanted to uh, drive my wife and I anywhere. And then one guy was like, all right, fine. But he's like, but I'm charging you 20 more euros. I'm like, all right, I just need to get to a safe place and change the shirt. And uh, the the entire cab ride, he was just scolding me about why I shouldn't be wearing that. Why Napoli is the greatest club. Again, did not speak English very well. I I speak Spanish. I kind of picked up on some of the Italian. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, His entire car is adorned with uh, Diego Maradona everywhere. (laughs) He has a tattoo of him. And I just I just tried to get any kind of sympathy from I like I looked up. Um, how do you say honeymoon in Italian? So I'm like, so this man doesn't like crash into yeah. a tree. <laughs> right. right. Oh, so uh, okay. But yeah, but this is how dedicated and diehard Italian supporters are uh, with, with their clubs. It has it gives a you rich history. Yeah, it's, a, it's incredible. Got it. So want to talk Silvio Berlusconi. He buys the team. And when did you guys first hear about him? Do you remember? I mean, I we I probably heard about him a little bit 
closer to the end, probably as he got into politics, okay. uh, where we kind of mm-hmm. learned a lot about him. But to give you a little bit more context, being the owner, we've, we recently had a conversation with someone, uh, a British sportscaster on the show. It's a little frustrating because American owners, like, you know, when you win a trophy, you know this firsthand, the owner is the one who hands it to the captain. The owner's a part of it. In soccer, the owner's up in a box. They are nowhere near oh, the pitch. Oh, really? Okay. The owner is only revered when you win silverware. Every other okay. time, they are the person the fans hate. And remember, yeah. these are fans with tattoos on their legs, right. adoring sure, cars. Sure, sure. Yeah. 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 Their whole life is centered around being a part yeah. of supporting this club and they hate the owner. So when a big owner comes in, the thought is you spend all of your available income <laughs> right. on this team or you are bad at your job. If you take any money out, if you get any income, if you go buy yourself a popsicle right. with a petty cash, you have ruined the club. Uh, you send your yeah. kids to college. You don't love this club. You know, it's considered bad. So when, Berlusconi buys this. Remember, he's like a big character in yeah. Italy. The yeah. idea is all of that power and influence is going to go into AC Milan, and it will it, it will sort of breed, I should say. But a, he also, but he saved. Uh, right, AC I was going to say, they, I feel like he did a good job at that. Like yeah, people he really he liked him because they were Eight trophies. If I'm not mistaken, I, I don't know the exact number, but they they desperately needed a wealthy person to just help them be financially stable, and that's yeah. why he did. And I think that's why he's uh, so revered and appreciated. And maybe that's why some of the things that he did in his tenure were kind of looked past because I think it's also so he did some of the things that some of the fans would maybe want to do themselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking was, about the bunga bunga party. In general, the way owners are seen uh, European owners of football clubs, they always say like, you know, you're a custodian of mm-hmm. the club. Like right. the fans will be here before and after the owner, but you are just merely yep. the custodian for of the time that you own it, but you have to treat the club uh, right. with respect. And when you pass it on to the next owner, it should be in a good place. So and I think maybe some of the, your listeners might've seen that Wrexham show where mm-hmm. the Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhinney had to get on a zoom call and a phone call with the supporters. Cause they mm-hmm. vote, on the right. other, they're allowing you to spend your money. That's they're allowing you to be the owner of their club. The club, the crest over the heart yeah. is way more important. It's not that way in sports. Did you always know that Berlusconi was a, a weird guy or did you, was that something you learned after he, he bought the team? I knew immediately because of the hair plugs. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a, yeah. I was looking at a lot of before and after pictures, right? How you got that much money and that's what you end up with. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't have the, the technology we have nowadays wasn't around back then, bro. Early hair plugs. Oh, the early yeah. ones. You spent how much on that? You know, that's a lot of that. Uh, but I think, I think you hear a lot of rumor. You would hear a lot yeah. of rumors and stories. And especially once he got into politics, like yeah. that's all fodder for other politicians and Italy politics is different. Like the amount the percentage of vote your party gets is how much you control. So there's, there's always a back and forth. It's not just like during a campaign. So I think overall you start to hear more, but then it becomes a soccer is so important. Calcio, if you will, so important in Italy that anything you say, it's like, well, that's just because you hate the team. Right. You know what I mean? If you find something bad about him, Oh, it's just because you hate the club. Uh, You're jealous. We're winning. uh It's like not, American American sports is entertainment over there. That is, yeah, it's the most important thing. Right. Politics almost That's comes secondary to that. Yeah, but I think also the him 
being in politics is the reason why we know more of these things, because, of course, Correct. people are going to look up information, look up dirt. He had to get a much more like defensive and defend his behavior and kind of explain himself because he was going into such a high profile uh, position in Italy. Right. I know way more about him than I would like to at this point <laughs> in my life. Like, do you think we would know all this if he wasn't the prime minister? Like, would he just be a guy in the shadows, an owner that we, they keep locked away? It's only because he's the prime minister that we know this. It kind would of have stuff? taken social media being invented for us to start to finding uh, some uh, of these things out. Or, yeah, or he would have had to do somebody so wrong that they decided to reveal something or dig into okay. His, okay. his sort of private life. But... I, I think politics is what shine that light because now it's you're now in the competition. You know what I mean? It's not just a club you own that's in a competition. Now you're in it and your Got background it. and your lifestyle is a part of the conversation. Yeah. And which I, I think is I it's just power hungry. You know, yeah. someone just thinks they've they figured it all out. You know, Yeah, I think um, didn't John Stewart do a segment on him year? It's been like 15 years ago or something like that on on Daily Show. And I think that's when, okay. uh, you know, you remember yeah. when you hear the words bunga bunga for the first time. Yeah. That is just, yeah. that's just something like, oh, You're I, like, what is he a surfer all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, it's cowabunga. <laughs> I've never really heard those words. But, so w once, uh, you know, I think. When I was younger, especially, I consumed news through comedy, late night shows yeah, and yeah. what monologue jokes, you know, Jay Leno was doing. This or is Letterman. Why dumb, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so when I started hearing jokes about Berlusconi, that's when I was right, like, OK, right. something's interesting and weird about this guy. Yeah, it looks like John Stewart has like actually a ton of segments on him, which is right. which yeah. makes sense. There's a lot of stuff to cover. Let's get into some of that stuff. Uh, do you have a, a favorite scandal of uh, Berlusconi's? I can refresh I mean, you if you need. Yeah, yeah. If we, if we say we have a favorite one, it sounds like we're supporting the behavior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Which the sex one I crime had, do you I had a poster prefer? on my wall growing up of the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he was completely disgustingly misogynistic yeah, to Ange Angela Merkel? That was, a, yeah. what, that was one of the best. Greatest hits, I would say. <laughs> wait, wait, now that's wait, what I call music. That? Top. Wait, wait, that's number wait. one. Can, they, can you do a kid's bop version of this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what's the Wait, what was that Angela Merkel oh, thing? I don't even I know. know. The, uh, I, know I don't that even one, know that. But go ahead, guys, please. And I yeah, read like yeah. 6,000 I mean, so articles. Look, I had to learn Italian today. But I, I don't know if this is going to sound familiar, but sometimes people come into power that don't deserve it. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and they're not prepared for those conversations. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that brings a bell for anyone. But yeah, so he uh, this is in 2003. Uh, first of all, he joked that uh, the German MP Martin Schultz looked like a concentration camp guard. My God. It gets worse yeah. uh, because he brands Angela Merkel <laughs> in, and, and I'm not saying this, he did. I'm well, quoting him. Quoting. An unfuckable lard arse, which is lard ass. <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah. As <laughs> he just said this publicly. <laughs> and do, you know with it. do you know what prompt? What was the, was there a question? Like, would you fuck <laughs> he Angela just, Merkel? He just, or was it just, probably volunteered it. <laughs> Yeah, I think the question was, do you think AC Milan will win this year? And he said, <laughs> Angela Merkel is a... Do you have the time? Okay, we didn't even ask about that, but I mean, I mean, Sylvia, just swipe left like everybody else. Oh what is going on? Oh my God. So, all right, so... Uh, We've brought, we've mentioned it a couple times already. Speaking of scandals, what is Bunga Bunga? Okay. I mean, now, one of the things that I will tell you, I want to pull up because I want to make sure I get all this information correct. The term bunga bunga was 
taught to him by Mumar al Gaddafi. Mm. And now, <laughs> another all, man whose poster had <laughs> in my wall. <laughs> of all the things, of all the people you could learn from. Damn, <laughs> bro. I mean, at least, you know what? At least he had a mentor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone, <laughs> Some of you us don't have mentors. You gotta see the representation. <laughs> you gotta see someone like you do something <laughs> to know you could do it. Like when I saw Ricky Ricardo playing, those, I said, yo, I think I could marry a redhead and be in entertainment. And I am. I'm married to a redhead and I'm in entertainment. And he met Muammar Gaddafi and I was like, he was like, I think this guy got some good ideas. <laughs> in particular, uh, something called the Bunga Bunga Party, which comes from like an ancient tradition, apparently, is where a, uh, a leader, an all powerful leader, uh-huh. doing all leadership things, you know, like powerful <laughs> things. They stand in a body of water and 20 prostitutes <sighs> swim around them while they're naked <laughs> and perform that, ceremonial acts. Was that, was that in The wow. Little Mermaid? What? Wow. <laughs> that was the first draft. Come on. <laughs> that Shorty really needs to get the land. Uh, <laughs> so he would throw these parties. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it doesn't take too much to, you know, imagine yeah. what was going on in them. But it's just it's like, a sort of, uh, as quoted, a sort of underwater orgy where young, nude young women allegedly encircle the nude host and or his friends in the swimming pool. And that was the problem, is he invited other people to it. That's how we're going to do that by the yourself. Phrase, it ain't no fun if the yeah, homies, homies can't, can't have none. I don't know if you know that. But. Actually, he invented the phrase. He's underwater. Yeah, he's underwater. But he, yeah, he would hire uh, prostitutes. He would hire prostitutes, and apparently, he's been he's not quoted, but he's he's been talked about in the press as being a prostitute loving leader. So uh, this is something that must have come up a lot. Um, He would have them dress up uh, as. Nurses and police uniforms. So mm. okay, hey. well, I mean, <laughs> hey. you, you gotta show respect to the, you know the I mean? frontline workers. Hey, you know the, I mean? hey, I broke the law. Rules are rules. <laughs> I was just clapping at seven p.m. He was yeah. throwing elaborate parties for them. That's quite yeah. And the okay. prize being prostitution for the host. So like there was a, there was a competition associated with. It. Eventually, this stuff kind of gets out, and it's. I mean, it's hilarious when you think of it now, but in, in the wild. time, you're like, you're doing leadership a little bit old school, you right. know, and we, we need to move past this. Is he just like the most Italian guy to ever exist? <laughs> Can we chalk up some of it to that? The underwater espresso machine, I think, took it a step too far. <laughs> I think that was my <laughs> uh, I mean, look, we, we've spoken about him. Can all- we curse on this show? Of course. Okay, he called himself a cacchino, which I thought. (laughs) That's honestly funny. Uh, It's um, it's great. (laughs) That was the dumbest thing I've ever said. Yeah, Uh, uh, on the show we had we spoke about him, and uh, you weren't. On the show when uh, when he passed away, yeah, no, his uh, our the co-host, you yeah, yeah, that Chris, day. so Christine Cupo, massive, who also Italian well, soccer fan. works at, at, at CBS, and uh, and she was talking about it, and she's Italian, so I was like, kind of going to her and asking her, like, sort of what her thoughts on what does his passing sort of mean for Italy, for uh, Serie A fans and AC Milan fans, and there was a lot of uh, kind of uh, Nicole, what you just mentioned, just like 
He he was the final boss of Italy. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. he's just <laughs> the best, the, the best slash worst at being Italian. If you take like, the yeah. toxicity of that culture <laughs> yeah. and put it all into one human and give him bad hair plugs, yeah, yeah, and it's, that's yeah. his man. It's a, there was a there was a time. I mean, you know, all the Scorsese films, Sopranos, and and I think times yeah. are changing a little bit. But it's like Berlusconi was a like a last of that dying breed of just absolutely egregious, yeah, uh, behavior. you know, Italian. Who felt like they were uh, untouchable right. or just like that. The part of I mean, we're both Latino, you know, the romance language culture sometimes mm-hmm. has these figures in them, which, you know, sometimes can be painted as like my homies would call them like a gyalist, you know, what I mean, just like the women womenizer, right. but like in a way where there, there's some yeah. romanticism yes. to it. Yes. And then you see the darker side of that. And I think a lot of. Sergio Berlusconi is the darker Silvio, side of that. Yeah. Silvio. Sorry, Silvio. <laughs> yeah. I just thought Latino. I, I know Sergio Berlusconi. He owes me money, actually. Uh, he's getting airplugs in Turkey right now. Um, I think Silvio Berlusconi, I think, represents for a lot of people. It, and it's got to be tough for some AC Milan fans because the era in which he owned them is filled yeah. with such incredible memories. We'll be right back after this. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. Liquid IV is perfect for daily use before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. Basically, anytime you need a pick-me-up, however you hydrate. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier Sugar-Free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. Even through the scandals, he continues to be a great owner. Why was that? Was it because the players were so good? Or, I mean, what did he do to continue that run? Well, this is, this it is, might be his Rolodex as well. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it, the, look, the, I hate to say it. <laughs> having, obviously, having a lot of money and being able to pay the players and bring in the best yeah. players helps right. a lot. I right. mean, this is kind of, uh, you know, a lot of owners do this, they, they use, clubs to uplift their own image mm-hmm. and and their own brand and mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of berlusconi especially even throughout all the controversy there's a little bit of like a a trumpy kind of like they're all bit. wrong uh yeah, you know like- they're all out to get me and but and and there's something about like the bunga bunga parties that almost made him f- 
seem relatable. Yeah, He's just God. a normal guy who yeah. likes a, some orgies. What? Is, I <laughs> mean, hookers. We've all been there. Who, am, who among us has not done <laughs> this? You know what I mean? What was your eighth birthday like? <laughs> so I, I think uh, he almost seemed uh, like the common man to some. He did yeah. have that, even or like the, what they want to be. You know, yeah. like right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, soccer is sometimes a respite from a life that is difficult or not. You don't have a lot of happiness in yeah. uh, for a lot of fans around the world. And I think his way of living was also that it was a, there was something aspirational yeah. about it for maybe a life that you were unhappy about. And I think it's also important to note that in the world of soccer, you don't you don't trade. There's no drafts. Yeah. You acquire a player by buying their contract and usually associated with very big values. Yeah. So okay. the transfer values are massive, but it, there's been statisticians, geniuses who've looked back over time and they found that there's no correlation between the amount of money you pay for players and winning. It's the amount of wages you're willing to pay that correlates wow. almost directly to winning trophies. Wow. And a man of Silvio Berlusconi's power is he made the club fashionable to play for he put them in European competition year in and year out, which made other players want to go there because that's where you can shine with mm. the greatest lights. And right. he paid you more than everyone else. And Syria to this day is still slightly lower and behind on wages than some of the bigger leagues, pretty much Premier League or La Liga in Spain, because they have better TV rights. Berlusconi, whatever the issues may have been prior to him getting there, those were solved. So maybe you, you know, you have an owner who's, you know, says some dumb stuff and has these parties, these disrespectful to women and these things. Maybe you can kind of look away from that wow. as a fan yeah. because he's he's got you the best team possible. And he's week after week. He's giving you that respite <laughs> for a life that you're not happy about. Right. Right. So well put on a bigger scale, like the countries that get awarded World Cups, right? Like the World Cup being in Qatar was a big controversial issue. But the Qataris are trying to, uh, yeah. you know, rebrand themselves. And sports washing. Sports yes. washing. Yeah, so, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, owners like, can, yeah. do, can do this. Berlusconi just heard, he said, washing? And we're yeah. like, no, 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 different, <laughs> different washing, dude. He's like, okay, I gotta get my swimsuit. <laughs> uh, he's holding, Here we go. Oh, holding loofahs. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Bunga, bunga. I like the idea of him just walking around so, saying yeah, that. It's, like, a, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a common uh, tactic and strategy. Yeah. Is this uh, the dumbest episode you've done on the show no it is. no no okay. not a, not a chance i'm on every okay. episode i, I so. have to think about it but <laughs> <laughs> why so what is he is he the most colorful owner you guys have covered yeah it, is this your dumbest episode <laughs> yeah I, I know i think there's so many you know the world of soccer breeds you know eccentric owners right because who who wants to do something where you know nine times out of ten you're going to be hated? Yeah. You're going to mm. lose money. You can't make a profit. It, you need to be power hungry. I mean, there's so many owners. I mean, the Glazers who own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they they're they don't have anywhere near like this level of controversy or, or excitement around them. They're very quiet and private, but there's still so much to talk about because of how hated they are by the fans right. right now. But they have been since they started, even though they brought a lot of success or they had there was success during their reign. There's so much, but. He's the probably the closest to like a old timey king, mm. which yeah. is crazy you know? because he wow. just died. Like, yeah. like, like he's like this is like recent. Like, it sounds like we're talking like <laughs> yeah. yeah, a guy who like had gout like in the eighteen hundreds or whatever. But yeah. it's like this guy that was alive like last year, <laughs> dude. At the end of his ownership, he got caught like flirting with a girl on her birthday who was turning eighteen that day, and on the same day, 
in a political campaign or, or a rally or something he was having, someone threw a, a bust of a statue at him and broke his nose and teeth. Holy shit. And there's <laughs> photos of him like with yeah, a bloody face. I mean, like, yeah. that's like, that's a normal Tuesday for a guy like wow. Sergio Berlusconi. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I mean, just owners... You you don't know most owners. They, some try to stay out of the spotlight for right, sure. Right, right, and that's it's a choice of yeah. like you know what it, how uh, how front facing uh, do you want to be? It's its own strategy, and like if the if people like the owner, then maybe that could breed more success for the club. Maybe that more players will want to uh, sign for you. So I could understand why you know the choice to do that. But then he, he could also just be a complete egomaniac, and this is the right. uh, that was his only option. Yeah, yeah, wow. Maybe stay out of the public view so you don't get a statue across the face at some <laughs> yeah. point in your life. You if know. somebody throws a statue at you, you messed up. <laughs> you messed I mean, up. That's a simple. <laughs> I don't know what you did, but somebody what, mad at you. Bro. What was the what was the general uh, reaction to his passing away uh, in in Italy? It's interesting because the response is usually the appreciation for everything he did for the club. I'm sure AC Milan right. fans uh, hold him in higher regard, probably than mm -hmm. just other Italians, because he was also right. uh, prime minister. So I'm sure they had uh, a lot of thoughts uh, about him. But this, I feel like this is a, a thing that happens now in the age of social media when like controversial figures pass away, where some people might be grieving, some people might be like. All right. Well, this is here's a laundry list of everything they've done wrong, right. and now that he's dead, he won't be be alive to read it. So we can talk about right. him. And then some people are like, oh no, well that's kind of rude. Right. Some people are like respect the dead. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Right. It's like uh, so it's some other people are like, is my wallet still at the bottom of this pool? <laughs> yeah. You know. So I would say it, it, in general, it was just divided. It was just confusing. Some people right. probably you know bummed about it. Damn, Sylvia dies a huge bummer, bummer. bro. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> ruined my weekend. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think that there's any other kind of uh, word to describe it outside of just like a divided feeling. Some people yeah. are probably uh, really sad about it, and some people are just like kind of dancing on his grave to some degree. Right. Right. And I think if you yeah. if you ask like a diehard AC Milan fan or an AC Milan supporter. His private life, as much as it's wild and misogynist and all that, some of that stuff, they're like, hey, I follow the club he owned. Right. He owned it for a period. Christian mentioned the idea of a custodian. You're simply here as an owner to carry it through this generation into the next right. era or the next group of owners. So they view it like, hey, man, we won trophies. We had great players, people who carried this badge to a higher level. So I'm going to focus right. solely on that. And there's other people who are like, he made, he made Italy look foolish. He made AC right. Milan look foolish. Right. Uh, but I think that's that's a smaller portion of yeah. the of the fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys talk a little bit to some of the players that they had at the time? Some of the stars, like how much they dominated? I mean, who's uh, let me give you. Yeah. Pirlo, Pirlo is a great example. Pirlo, very different to a lot of other soccer players, grew up rich. Most of them grew up in, in very meager. And, means. And Andrea Pirlo. And, Andrea Pirlo. Yeah. Uh, he's great. He owns like vineyards and stuff now. Oh, wow. Very calm, very cool, collected. He played a position called a regista, which would be like the a quarterback. Mm -hmm. He okay. sat back closer to the defenders, but he pinged like perfect passes. Nice. He would be able to go over your defender. I mean, he was just one of the most, he, he played the game like it was ballet. That mm. said, uh, to give you a good idea of what he's like, he played for a couple different teams in Italy, which you don't find too often. Typically you want to stay with one. He played for Juventus and some other clubs. He played for New York city football club for a year, right? Oh. Just one year. Really? Uh, 
two, maybe two, maybe two. Way, way late in his career, he moves to New York City Football Club, Uh, Yankee Stadium. It's a new team. The the lower bowl always full or pretty full for most matches. He makes his appearance. He's on the team midway through the season. The audience or the fans get word that you know he's gonna he's ready to play. Mm -hmm. So he comes in at the half or as a substitute middle of the game. First of all, the place is filled. Wow. Filled to the gills. Wow. And I've never heard a sound like when this man stepped on the pitch. Wow. This is in New York City. This yeah. is not years a, ago. This is not Milan. This right. is not, you know, Torino. This is New York City. And he's older. And people have already seen him play. People have seen him play in the U.S. with the yeah. Italian wow. national team. All this. And the sound was deafening. That's, great. That's one player. That's crazy. They and they put together just some of the one of the greatest defensive teams, offensive as well. But to talk about that era, to talk about their defenders, it was yeah. like. Um, remember when like basketball games were like second quarter twenty four to forty six at the yeah. half? You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's that's how they were. Like Pat Riley, like right. Don't come in our pain. We're going to beat you Grind up. That's down. the team yeah. they had. Yeah. Uh, Brosconi was clearly like a an involved owner. Some owners have like a sporting director and mm-hmm. and people that kind of make those decisions. But he clearly influenced uh, the club and had a lot of opinions. So in 2017, he sold AC Milan yeah. and he bought uh, the Serie A club in the third division, uh, Monza. And the, yeah. uh, this is a, a great note about that. So he wanted to lay out rules for mm-hmm. all the players that signed for the club. And he said, quote, they must be Italian, have no tattoos, earrings or beards, and their hair must be, quote, neatly styled. Wow. And he hired an on-site barber for all the players. Oh. So that's, oh the Yankees were like that. Yeah, 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 like a, a, yeah. a real uh, imprint that he wanted to leave on the club and how, you know, how the players should carry themselves, how they should right. look. And that's all part of whatever, either how they represent themselves, how they represent uh, the club. And it adds a level, it's like the army. It adds a level of sort of routine and rigidity that some owners feel like that is required to get the best out of a footballer. Well, uh, they most notably for us Americans, Christian Pulisic, Pulisic, yeah, Pulisic. Pulisic. Yeah. there Both we go, signed with AC Milan. Uh, can you guys tell us what we can expect there, uh, bringing it to kind of current day? Yeah, oh, he is balling already. He's, he's looking good. There's actually two Americans on the team. Uh, there's also a player named uh, Eunice Musa, who's an incredible midfielder. Box-to-box midfielder, meaning he sort of patrols mm-hmm. back and forth. I, he might not like that I call him a box-to-box midfielder, but that's probably <laughs> the easiest way to explain him. Christian Ballistic is like a highlight reel. This yeah. guy is like, right. he's a superstar. Um, look, there's a guy, there's a player named Rafael Leao, who's uh, Portuguese, who's like cool. He raps. He's like wow. stylish. Everything he does is dope. That guy is the Thierry Henry that okay. I talked about, the, the player that's going to score. Yeah. You need to get the, the ball to him. Christian Pulisic, that's what we want from him. Okay. For the men's national team, we want to see him do this. Right, right. We want to see him get minutes. He was with a team called Chelsea before where he wasn't playing. And he was, as an American, you're always seen as like, uh, that's the first guy to hit the bench when you're playing badly <laughs> because, oh, you're American. That's been the perception for so long that we don't know how to play this sport. Uh, they only bought him to market the team in the U.S. Uh, that he's really not that yeah. good. He moves to AC Milan where the coach Pioli actually like wants him. It's not a marketing Uh, ploy. They really want him. And he is playing so well. He's keeping other players on the, on the bench. He is making 
every every American fan who said, "Yo, this guy's really good." Trust me. For a couple of years, we had to stay quiet. Right, right. Yeah, but now we, we're back. We're back to talking. You know what I mean? You, you have to like, oh, uh, you know, so like back. a like a bad stock. You're like, it's gonna pan out. Yeah, you gotta trust me. Don't like, sell yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, NFTs yeah, yeah. are on their way back, dude. Hold the line. Hold the line. Yeah. Well, you know, Christian Pulisic has is a you know not even not just for AC Milan. I think a lot of U.S. soccer is putting a lot of effort into mm-hmm. him. They need him right. to succeed. It's almost like for uh, we need somebody to be the face of men's soccer. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, we have a lot of the U.S. women's national team players on the show. And, you know, Megan Rapino is like a household name. You know, we we right. do we do stand up and we try to incorporate like soccer jokes. But if I tell a joke that includes Christian Pulisic, people will be like, well, who the hell is yeah, that? What are you talking that? about? But if I mention Megan Rapino, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter where I'm at. Everybody in the room uh, knows who she is. So, wow. uh, so That's Christian great. Pulisic is You're just going to take the one thing that women have. Yeah. <laughs> she's, the, uh, she's the one thing you have. <laughs> uh, Christian Pulisic's success is uh, just paramount. I think it's really, really yeah. important for for the growth of American soccer. Like the and to do it at a big club like AC Milan, yeah. a club with such a storied history. The the thing huge. that went viral and and sort of negatively was it Pawn Stars? Uh, yeah, the show Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars. They Very they familiar. had a Berlusconi was like what? And we we're like no Pawn Stars. <laughs> <laughs> there was an episode where he's got loofah. <laughs> Stop! I'm ready. Put the loofah down. Snorkel. They brought somebody brought in a autographed a, jersey. an autographed Christian Pulisic Chelsea jersey, and the guy from Pawn Stars said. Um, oh, he's like the LeBron James of soccer. Yeah, and that went viral. Okay. Everybody's like, yeah, he's playing at Chelsea. This puts an unbelievable amount of pressure on him. Yeah. He's on the bench, and everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, where's LeBron James? And all the British people are laughing at us. <laughs> oh, As no. of right now, I think he scored eight or nine goals for AC Milan so far, and it's just really, really impressive. And Good. a lot of expectations on him, but uh, he's already had a great start at so, AC Milan. So AC Milan is doing okay post Berlusconi, you would say? Yeah, they're doing very well. Actually, they had a little bit of a rough season last year. They got pretty far in Champions League in that that big European competition, but they were it was looking a little rough. But this year, they're flying right now. Uh, they're not leading. The Inter Milan is still at the top because they're also having an incredible season. But AC Milan look good, and the fan reaction to Christian Pulisic at first was like, "We'll see." And now they're chanting USA. Nice. He's got his own. Whoa. I don't know if you know a lot about soccer. The fans come up with like songs and chants yeah. that they all yes. sing. He has a few of them. It's been great. It's been it's been a marriage made uh, uh, in heaven so far. All right, guys, to close out, Alexis, our producer, tells us you're quite the pizza experts. How'd you come by those expertise? Who has better pizza, New York or Italy? I mean, that's hilarious. That's not even a question. That's like saying who's got a better jump shot, me or you? I mean, what are we talking about? Uh, clearly, New York has got better pizza than Italy. Italy, pizza started and actually was invented in Naples before it was a part of Italy when it was called Neapolis. It was a Greek port city. Uh, stood for new city. Uh, and it was something that was, it was how you, cl- it was the thing you clean the oven with and would throw to the poor. Uh, and it wasn't until it left there Whoa, and came really? to New York. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, imagine like a, a pretty person from like a, a no name one stop sign town that moves to New York and becomes a supermodel. It's because of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> you so you be, welcome. You, you would be so much be beautiful if you me. just took out your, took off your glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, Italy. Uh, no, obviously our pizza is better. I came, I came by it. Uh, my mother worked five jobs when I was growing up in Newark. 
Uh, so she would drop me off at the at the corner to wait for the public bus to take me to school. And at 530 in the morning, you're kind of alone. It's a dangerous place. Uh, sometimes it's very, very cold. So the the only places that are open were the pizza shops on those corners. Oh, and sometimes they would let me wait inside. That's uh, And I would ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Like, hey, how come yours is crispier than theirs? How come that sauce is sweeter? Pizza was just a part of my life. You know, I didn't, Fantastic. I never thought of it as like, I'm Cuban. So it's not really a part of my culture, but yeah. it's part of my life. Uh, and eventually those guys would let me like make the dough. I mean, the, the, whoever Whoa, opens the dough at 530 in the morning, usually like ex-cons, no one yeah, else wants yeah. that job. And those guys are like smoking cigarettes, taking bets in the back. And I'm just sitting there in a Catholic school uniform making dough. Trying to stay warm. Wondering why, there's, why is there flour everywhere? I told her I was like home ec classes. Alexis wasn't an ex-con. He was a pre-con. <laughs> yeah, pre-con. This is uh, Con Academy, if you will. Uh, the ODP of, con, of conning. Um, but yeah, I just learned a ton about pizza. And one day, a buddy of ours says, hey, I got tickets to a pizza tour. I, my wife is lactose intolerant. She doesn't want to go. I said, I'll take it. So I meet him there and they ask you questions. I knew so much about pizza. The guy offered me a job. That's whoa. Uh, wild. Yeah. And as a comic, I don't do anything during the day. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Perfect. I didn't realize I had like expert level knowledge of pizza. I just knew I knew more than my friends. <laughs> and I was very opinionated about pizza. Like there's a lot of times where I'll go to a pizza shop before that and I would take a bite of a slice. I'd be like, nah. And I'd walk up and be like, who, who's the owner? You guys are using the wrong flour. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, I would tell them what they were doing wrong. I'm like, bro, this sauce, you, you know, if you blend a sauce in a blender, it breaks up the seeds. It makes it acidic. I know you did that. You aerated your sauce. Wow. I'm like, this is garbage. You know, you did there. I would, I would be that kind of guy. I was very opinionated, very loud. As That's you can fantastic. tell, uh, I don't hold back. <laughs> and eventually I didn't realize I acquired a lot of knowledge about pizza. So now I'm just, people will bother me and nonstop about, Hey, I'm in this neighborhood. What slice should I get? That's great. Or I'm here and I want this, or I'm taking a girl on a date. Where do I go? What restaurant? I'm just that guy now. That's oh awesome. Oh my God. Rex, you, you, you've been hit with the pizza knowledge, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I love I've it. heard this speech 40,000 times. <laughs> you could have given it to you. But uh, my wife is a nutritionist. You want some healthy food she's options? My, she's my arch nemesis, <laughs> Rex. Happy to help you. I, I bet. Too many carbs. Too many carbs. Yeah, where do you guys go on double dates? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little Look, challenging. The produce department. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got to plug, guys? Anything to plug? Uh, just uh yeah right here uh, check out the cooligans uh, every monday and thursday uh the funniest soccer podcast i mean we don't want to i mean hopefully we impressed you a little bit yeah it's the DraftKings network uh yeah. thank you uh for you know having us on your show yeah, yeah. we're, we're part of uh uh the levitard and friends network so dan levitard is uh you dan, know the, the the boss the dan's boss man the best i've known dan yeah. 30 years now dating back from when he was writing for the miami herald covering the miami heat one of the best guys ever. You you guys are in 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 good business there. Without a, did he ever write anything negative about you? You know, probably, but I like him so much it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. He was always fair. Always fair. Uh no, so it's awesome to be a part of the the Metalock family and everything. So but yeah, check out uh the Cooligans every Monday and Thursday. We're on YouTube, podcasts everywhere, and watch Alexis on uh, CBS uh, morning footy on Paramount Plus. He's on there Monday through Friday, five days a week. Fantastic. I'll be back in Brooklyn soon. Let's go for a slice. You're welcome. Hey, if you're with me, you don't wait in line. All right. Ooh. Yo. Nicole. Okay. You're going to get the I'm down. Berlusconi treatment. Yes. Rex. Okay. <laughs> Take your pants off and get pizza. in this kiddie pool, Rex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, fellas. Thanks, we guys. We only serve pepperoni, Rex. <laughs>
It's so dumb. This is so dumb. I'm sorry, Rex Chapman. Yeah. When you show up, we're going to have loofahs. It's okay. okay. We're going to have loofahs. All love, fellas. All love. It's time for the owned post-game wrap-up. Brought to you by Funyuns. Just kidding. We have no sponsor. Please sponsor us. Okay, everyone, it's time to get to the end, the the fiend of this. I don't know if that's Italian. Uh, end of the episode. We're going to figure out if we can do a better job than Silvio Berlusconi Rex. I think I could have done a better job of being a decent guy, um, a decent person, but that's also debatable. Um, um but I, I, I don't know that I could have done a better job as an owner. I mean, he, he won championships, um, somehow kept the interest up all those years despite all the controversies and bad, bad behavior. Um, I feel like I could have been a better guy. I don't think I could have been a better owner. Probably not. So, no. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, Harry, our producer, could you do a better job? I'm actually pretty much right with Rex on this one. He he had uh, a, an incredible ability to do things. <laughs> the the yeah. appetite for things controversy. Underage yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 seriously. Uh-huh. Allegedly. Um, so I, I'm going with Noah. Like, uh, uh, whatever secret sauce he had yeah. um, uh, as far as being a sports owner worked. And... Uh, um, I think, you know, probably just by living my life right now, I'm doing a better, I'm doing less harm to the world, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's not, that's not necessarily what we're talking about here. Would you like to answer who's taller, you or Berlusconi? Oh, I mean, I heard, obviously I heard you guys lying on my name. What? I am, I am. Don't recall that. uh, yeah. Far taller not me, than Napoleon. Yeah. I'm not even going to kind of engage in comparing me to Napoleon or me to this other Berlusconi because it's not even in the same class. It's like being like who's taller, uh, Wembenyama or Steph Curry. It's like you don't oh. even need to go back to back. You're the Steph Curry in that comparison. <laughs> no, Steph Curry. In this particular analogy, I'm Wembenyama and Steph Curry is the point. Ewan, could you do a better job than uh, Silvio Berlusconi? Yeah, I mean, the guys have raised some good points. I mean, if we're talking purely about how he brought AC Milan back to mm. glory, like, it would be hard right, to top right. that. If we're talking about him as a human being, I mean, that's that's... Obviously very different. If we're talking about whether we could do a better job at an Italian accent than Nicole. Okay. I mean, Um, pretty easy. Then probably yes. Assolutamente no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. Uh, Abu, (laughs) you do. Could you do a better job of being a good guy than Berlusconi at being an owner? Is Harry taller? And who is a better Italian accent? (laughs) Those are your four questions. Good guy for sure, but uh, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to keep the nose going as far yeah, as the owner goes, yeah. just because in between, you know, the bunga bunga party, <laughs> or maybe during the bunga bunga party, Silvio and AC Milan got a lot of things done, they got a lot of winning done. So, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, that's tough to talk. Yeah. 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 yeah, Nicole, could you do a better um, job than Silvio Berlusconi? I'm going to say, um, 
Stesso, as all of you, same. Uh, <laughs> just got Google Translate open this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely be a, um, a, a kinder human, uh, okay. but I could not win um, so many uh, trophies uh, with the Rosarini. <laughs> Sound like Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> no, he's French. Come on. I know he's French, but you you you're not doing a good enough Italian accent, so it sounds kind of funky in French. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. My mom's taking Italian and Duolingo, so I should have uh, asked her for some advice for this. Oh well. Uh Rex, so we got one okay. final question for you. We've been talking a lot about these uh bunga bunga parties. Yeah. What what's the weirdest slang you've ever come across uh maybe another player has said try to coin something oh um, man I, oof. um or some kentucky slang yeah or kentucky slang kentucky or slang. kentucky kentucky bunga bunga party mm, uh kentucky slang um how do you guys say the word o-i-l oil okay oil abu what if this is how you found out I didn't know how to read? Oil. Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky, it's all. 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 And how do you say um, D-E-T-R-O-I-T? Detroit. 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 <laughs> Detroit. How do you say? Detroit. L-O-U-I-S-V-I-L-L-E. Oh, this one I've, I've gotten scolded by former employees. L-O-U-I-S-V-I-L-L-E. L-O-U-I-S-V-I-L-L-E. How do you pronounce it? Louisville. That's how you guys do it. Louisville? Say it again. I would say Louisville. Say it again, though, Harry. First time. Oh, Louisville. Louisville. Louisville? Louisville. Yeah, that's Louisville. Louisville. That sounds like rural. Right. I don't know about slang, but we have a heck of an accent down there. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Owned early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and go tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Owned is a co-production of Smartless Media and Campside Media. The managing producer is Harry Krinsky, with additional producing by Lane Gerbig. Nicole Boyce is our co-host and writer-producer. Abu Kamara is our associate producer. Sound design, mix, and engineering by Alex Portfelix. Studio engineering by Ewan Leitremuen. Fact-checking by Gray Lanta. Josh Dean and Mark McAdam are our executive producers. Additional support by Emma Simonoff, Doug Slaywin, and Ashley Warren. The executive producers at Campside Media are Josh Dean, Vanessa Gregoriadis, Adam Hoff, and Matt Scher. At Smartless Media, the executive producers are Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, Richard Corson, and Bernie Kaminsky. The talent producer is Ann Harris. Maddie McCann is the associate producer. From Wondery, this is Black History For Real. I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Conscious Lee. 
What do most people think about when they hear the words Black History? Rosa Parks, Reconstruction, MLK, February, Black History Month. Exactly, exactly. There are so many stories of Black History that we just are not really talking about or thinking about, especially outside of February. And we are about to flip the script on all of that. Because on this show, you're going to hear a little less in August 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And a little bit more. She is a heroine to some. As a fighter for black rights, she is a villain to others. Follow Black History for Real on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen everywhere on February 5th, or you can listen early and ad-free on Wondery Plus starting January 29th. Join Wondery Plus on the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Black History.